Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, Director of Camps for Music for All in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Well, we've got a treat for you today. Today's podcast is all about pre-show and pre-contest procedures. You get there, and oh my God, what happens next? And today we have a, a special co-host with us. I'm going to let her introduce herself, Miss Danny Young, across from the way. Thank you, Bobby. So, Danny, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Danny Young here. And in the world of band right now, I'm judging. Most recently, I was working with the Cavaliers this past summer. Yeah, Danny is, is a gr- great specialist in the color guard world, but also in the professional world, too. And so it's kind of a cool thing to blend these two together. And I think last and time Danny was on the podcast with us was the late night episode. Yes, and, and she's come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, can't wait. Well, b- before we get too far into the podcast today, let me remind everybody about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one reason is because people who support us by buying products from our website on things like shoes and rifles and podiums, megavoxes, flagpoles, and of course, the most important thing ever, plume case bags. Plume cases. We are the world's leader in distribution of plume cases. I can attest. Jeff informed me of that like two episodes ago, and I thought we've we've really we've arrived. Yeah, I think it's, it's a burden. <laughs> it's a burden to provide all of these plume case bags to the country, but we do. <laughs> we 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 handle the chicken feathers of so many. Yes, what what I, we bear the mantle. We've actually never sold a beret though. Hmm. No one's ever come and bought a beret. I don't know that people are wearing well. You know, if they're whatever. still wearing sousaphones, they would still wear a bray, right? Some do. Our, our our guys here do not. Huh. They they don't. Interesting. Okay. It's frowned yeah. upon. No. On natural. Yeah. All right. One less thing <laughs> to keep track of. We That's should right. talk. We should actually have a poll. I the shako or no shako thing has nothing to do with today's podcast, but right. like a bunch of bands. Are you high, talking about in general? Yeah, a bunch of high school bands are going shako list now. Shako list. Are you guys doing mm-hmm. that? Nope. We have a, a very specific icon that we have on our hats this year. I was talking with a good friend of the podcast, Susie Harloff, about this. And Aww. she she does a lot of the body stuff for Avon. And yes. especially the the first, I think it was the first year Avon didn't use Shakos. And the only reason they were amazing is because she spent hours and hours working on yes. their faces and yeah. their Face. ability to project. Yes. Because your yeah. average high school baritone player is not ready to really perform with their face also especially not one Jeff, that just went di- through covid <laughs> how dare you guys uh, yeah I, my freshman baritones are like killing they're it. the best they're, they're ready for broadway talent. they're ready yes absolutely <laughs> yeah we all say with our you know, sarcasm cheek, eyes rolling yeah but yes. no it's hard if you're thinking about not using shakos and plumes and all that remember how much of the face is hidden yeah. when you do that it actually helps a mm-hmm. lot I was more concerned was, about that, the hair. Like, oh, what yeah. do you do with everyone's hair mm-hmm. to make it kind of looks the same-ish? Yeah, for sure. Right. And especially in the day of where we have a lot of different colors of hair, you know, and the, and dyeing it different things for our all of our individual snowflakes. Yep. Then it, it gets really 
really testy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 a bonus tip. Like yeah, that has tip. nothing to yep. do with the show today. That one's free. <laughs> we're we're once again cooking with gas, everybody. Uh, Jeff had this great idea of doing a show about what to do before, like the week before, the day before, the hour before your contest or your your first show. I would say many of us have already gone through at least one football game and, and you learn the lessons, but I think contests bring a lot more to the table and a lot more variables that you have to deal with. And we're talking about a football game is encapsulated within one stadium for about five hours um, or for whatever. But for a contest, that can be a two-day ordeal. And so I want you to think about this in, in two ways. We want you to micromanage the trip. Like we want you to have everything detailed down to the minute, but macro manage the actual performance and the past to. And when we'll talk about that as we go through, and hopefully that'll make even more sense as we go. So how the, far the out are we going to start, Bobby? I, I think I'm going to start a week out. Okay. Uh, and I would say that I want to start looking at the contest warm up times because people are very very specific about that. Especially if you go to a BOA show, you have 15 minutes, then you have 30 minutes, and then you have this walking time. Mm -hmm. And most contests do that. And so I want to know how much time do we have, and let's use that week to implement that regimen. And we're going to do the same thing every time. We're going to go through long tones, lip slurs, scales, tuning. Then we're going to go through these parts of the music, and then whatever that is. I want to know that on the Monday before our contest on Saturday. And we do that every time so that when they get to the warm up block, they know exactly what's going to happen straight through. There's no, there's no variation. There's no variable. I'm actually contest director at the Austin show this weekend. And because of heat in Texas, there are 12 minute blocks. I don't know if you know that, but uh, Mm. just so that they can squeeze the morning show into the bottom part of the day and, and, and the evening show, you know, into a tighter time frame. But mm-hmm. that also means warmups are not 15, they're 12. So oh, wow. in terms of like the flow and everything. So I'm sure that, and I got to, as you're telling me that, that would, if I didn't know that going into it, that would rock my world. Yeah. yeah same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all online, but it's something that could be easily overlooked. So I think that's good advice yeah. a week ahead of time, double checking your schedule, um, how much time do I have? And, and, you know, as a visual person, how much space do I have? Yeah. is really important. Right. Right. I think the next thing is don't let the first time students wear the uniform be on the bus going to a contest uh. or the contest itself. You know, there, there's the danger of putting them in the uniform too early because then they eat and do things and whatever. But the bigger thing is the, the uniform changes everything about marching, about choreography, about the way they see each other on the field. I've had kids before that are completely out of alignment. We're like, what happened? Well, I knew I was always behind Steve and I couldn't find Steve. So I got lost. Yeah. Brownsburg a couple of weeks ago uh, on the schedule, it said they were doing a, um, a dress rehearsal. And I thought mm-hmm. it would be in the stadium with parents and like almost like a show reveal kind of thing, but it was just a parking lot rehearsal with no parents, no, no audience or anything. And really it was all about, can we do this with this brand new uniform on? Right. Exactly right. Because it changes, it changes so much and it changed the perception of the kids on the field. It changes 
um, the way you have to care and move and the choreography, that's the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. And I'd say that's imperative for the color guard, right, Danny? Yeah, and I was going to say on top of the technical things you're talking about, Bobby, with how the uniforms affect their eyeline and how they physically move in them, I think it also, a lot of programs and coaches, like including myself, we talk about it like it's a super suit. Not that mm-hmm. you have superpowers, but you're, you're harnessing all this work and energy, and now you're a professional. You're part of this group. Yes. And so I think putting a freshman in that headspace in the uniform for the first time on the bus on the way to their first time to do it in front of people is just asking for some headspace <laughs> issues. But yeah, yes. Color Guard too. Color Guard, and with Color Guard, it's even more with choreography, especially as it gets more and more complicated even in the lower classes. Like if you have a half skirt and you've written parts under the leg – you got to be doing that with your uniform on. That That's just one example. But, yeah, the whole ensemble, I agree. That's actually happened last week, right? You saw that last week. I did. Yeah. She, she was judging Shower last name, weekend. Nameless, but, yeah, yeah I did. She's like, did you oh, wow. not know what the uniform was when you wrote this part? Right. I Whoops. asked it genuinely, right. by the way. Yeah. I wasn't trying yeah. to be rude. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they probably didn't. No. And, and they didn't think of it. And, you know, sometimes those can get past you, but but that's what that dress rehearsal yep. was yeah. for. Or like that group of out- uh, eight trumpets that goes ar- around a guard member and lifts them into the air. Mm-hmm. It's all great. Mm-hmm. We've got it down. Oh, wait, there's a 12-inch plume on my head. And she's wearing right. nylon. There's a 12-inch <laughs> plume and the dress. Yes, yeah. exactly. The dress is, yeah. Yeah. And I would I would say, you know, for those of us that are in hotter territories, doing a full dress rehearsal at our after school rehearsal may not work. So we have it set that we're going to do it at the football game this Friday night, which is a full week before we perform. But we have a half day. So we've got plenty of time to get in the uniform, move around, let them try some choreography on their own. And, and, and we've got parents here to help us with any adjustments that we need to do. But I would tell you, we've also done a thing where we do it in just bibbers, mm-hmm. the marching shoes, and T-shirts. Yeah. Or we've done it with just shakos before, you know, depending on what the choreography is. Those, to me, the pants and the shakos are the biggest things that can change the way choreography and movement feel. And fortunately, and the newer bibbers do uh, give a little bit more. But, man, the old bibbers. Yeah. We had the people ripping their crotch the first time they did a second position plie. <laughs> right. So, right. Sorry to interrupt you, Bobby. This is something nope. that's on the micro spectrum that we're talking about in terms of micromanaging yes. before you get to the show. Something I want to add is if you do the Friday Night Lights thing with the uniforms as a dress rehearsal, which I love, I love that idea, you want to make sure you have adequate parents to help with any, mm-hmm. if you're going to a show the next day. I don't know if that's what, what I would do, but if you did right. plan to go to the show the next day, make sure there are parents to help with hems that fall out or so, so-and-so scuffed mm. their knee on the turf and it's a white mm-hmm. pant or whatever. Um, just be aware of that too, because the last thing you want to do is try to over-prepare and shoot yourself in the foot because you didn't over-prepare right. for that, that thing to go wrong, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good. And luckily ours is not the next day. I would, I probably would not, Correct. if I'm really honest Same. with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would have, honestly, we probably would have said that Thursday was the dress rehearsal and then that we would have Friday to make any, any changes or any him type stuff that we needed to do. And then Saturday full, full out. Yep. Um, yeah. I totally get that. The, the other Can thing I go that back I to say, the space thing real quick? Oh, Sure. So like, especially at Lucas Always. oil, the indie regional and the, and grand Nats are both in Lucas. Oil. obviously I've, I've gone through that flow about a million times, but the space for visual warm up is it's enough room for a small band. 
it's really not enough room for a 250 person band with a 60 person color guard, which, you know, I I was with Carmel for over 20 years. And, and, you know, I think the last time that I was in charge of visual at Carmel, we had 300 wind players and, Mm -hmm. you know, like that space isn't, you can't do across the floors. You would like you would uh, on a football field. You don't have three yard lines worth. You don't have the width and the color guard is taking up half the space doing their warmups. And so we had to get real creative and we would just kind of chalk off uh, on, on the parking lot exactly how much Mm. space there was and go, okay, what exercises are going to help us perform and which ones can we just leave out? And then, then we just tried to do it within that space. So we would start kind of all spread out in the area that we had, and we would do our normal dynamic stretching from, you know, our friend Mm -hmm. Elliot and uh, marching health people, you know, we would do that, but we would do it in place instead of, you know, moving a lot. And then we yeah. would do, you know, kind of a part of our stretch and body routine, and then we would collapse it down. And instead of doing across the floors in lines, it would just be like, okay, when there's room, forward march. Oh. And it'd be just right. like randomness, but everyone's on the beat and marching, but you're just not sending lines at a time. And that worked mm-hmm. really well. Uh, but but you really need to practice that ahead of time, or, or the kids are going to be like, my staff doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And that's the... Uh, 10 minutes before you go into a performance, that's not the time to make that revelation, right? Yeah, right. We also talk about, too, that uh, especially down here, usually it's a thing where you have half of a field or a third of a field. And we try to get the students to understand that, you know, it's not going to be quiet like our warmups normally are. There are going to be a lot of things happening around you, and you have to stay focused in on our voices and our process. Don't start, look. oh, man, look at those costs. Look at this. That sounds great. Everybody sounds great in the warm-up area. Yeah. Don't get freaked out yeah. by it. Just you do your job. You do you. Say good luck to people as you go by, but don't pay any attention to anything else that's going on. Yeah, and I think to that point too, Bobby, something that's important for us as staff members is to remember is that kids can't follow directions they can't hear. And so right. in those situations, if you're maybe a more soft-spoken teacher uh, or maybe you need to set someone up on either side of the room so that they you can communicate with the kids that way. Maybe you're allowed right. to have amplification. The rules are different everywhere, but right. prepare your, our, us, right? As as educators, yes. we have to come into that situation prepared to get communication to the, to the students too. We use a megaphone. Yeah. Perfect. You know, yep. and, but that's and not always my, allowed, my, right? <clears throat> It, well, and it's not a it's not a wireless thing, so as it's not it's not if you're not using the wireless, usually the voice amplification is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we use it because I don't want them to feel like I'm yelling at them yeah. the whole time. Yeah, stay because calm, everyone. <laughs> stay, <laughs> calm. stay calm. It's fine. <laughs> just focus on me. Be the D. Let's uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that the, you see them yeah. all tense up. Yeah. Well, to, to continue on th- this idea of the week before, this is my last thing on the Monday before your contest. That's the last day for changes. Mm. If you do, if you're going to, I think that there has to be uh, at least two rehearsals where everything stays the same and we let that simmer in their little brains before we put it in the performance. And if it doesn't work the, the second day, too bad. Mm. It, it's there. And we need to just make sure we take it out. So I, from that, you know, the week before or Monday, if you have multiple rehearsals, 
that's that's the last day. We usually have a limit. We say the Saturday before is the last time that we're going to make any kind of significant change in what we're doing, including I, new drill. Yeah, yeah, new drill. Even the we've added like okay, we're going to extend this this cord four counts. That's easy. It's great. It's, and it's it never works unless they've had multiple times to really assimilate that. The kids are so good at learning stuff that to unlearn it is way harder. I was going to ask so about w- that. Yeah. Yeah. Drum yeah, course. They drum course will learn like fifteen new sets, and they'll be like. All right, guys, we're doing the old 15 tonight at the show. And then tomorrow we'll keep practicing the other 15. And mm-hmm. I'm like, not in high school. You can't. No, no. absolutely not. I, even even if you see that, man, this is this is really tough and we could just fix it this way. We'll take we'll meet at the parking lot an hour before we get on the bus and we'll fix it. It's no. going to be a disaster. Yeah. No, it's going to be a disaster. So just just stick with it. Let them be confident in what they're doing, because. Sure, that one thing may actually be better, but they'll spend the entire show thinking about the change that you have made in the parking lot before then. Now, coming from Marian Catholic, we did do a couple yeah. of those parking lot changes. Yeah. But those we did that all the time. Right. That was that was very common for them. I mean, we we were still setting drill in October. Hey, I have um, one more uh, one week out thing, and this oh, is yeah, directed at you, Chris Crakey. Oh, yikes. Chris doesn't listen to this. Are you kidding me? Set up the retreat block. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always like, hey, Chris, we got to set up the retreat block. And he's like, yeah, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. And then, like, every single time, first BOA show, come off the field, go back to the buses. All right. Now you can set up the retreat block out here by the diesel fumes. I'm like, in the complete dark. Screaming at kids. I, I'm, at the top I'm just of my as lungs. bad. I'm just as bad. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say. He knows. Uh, I, every year. So as as we as we get maybe a little bit closer to this, those are kind of the things from a week out. We want to be careful. Of. As we get closer and closer, I think about the micromanaging the trip for, and macro managing. So I'm gonna shift over to the macro manage a little bit. Don't underestimate the nerves of the kids as they go through that day. They're gonna be nervous from the moment they get on the bus until they get done with the show and, and just keeping that in mind and knowing little things can trigger them in wildly different ways than they would have before. A a harsh word from you at the rehearsal would get a, okay, got it. A harsh word in this moment may not go away anytime soon. And so understanding that we have to really get into their headspace and help them get into a a healthy headspace by, by keeping ourselves really calm and collected. It's okay to feel nervous and all those things. We'll talk about how we funnel that into the micromanagement of the trip, but we've got to make sure that once we're there, don't underestimate the nerves of the kids. But more importantly, don't underestimate the nerves of your staff, hmm. especially a younger staff, because those are the folks that can, you know, it's do or die. I mean, it's DCI finals, but we're at some, you know, our lady of mediocrity high school doing, <laughs> yeah. you know, contest of champions here with six other bands and yeah, they treat it like DCI finals. So I think making sure that they don't lose their heads in the preparation phases and that's the rehearsal before that's the getting on the bus. That's the warm up. That's the performance. That's where staff members can, can lose their heads. For yeah. sure. And 
I often tell when I'm mentoring newer staff technician people that students will very quickly absorb your energy, even if you don't exactly. realize that you are you're being anxious or you're irritated with this other person or. I would never be irritated with Jeff, obviously. She just pointed at me. I was just gesticulating. I was going to say, I saw that. I was just gesticulating for emphasis. Um, Or if, you know. Speaking of your gesticulations. I keep rattling the desk and Jeff is so annoyed. I'm so sorry. Don't hit things. We're in a very professional podcast right now. I'm an animated talker. (laughs) She's like knocking on on things. I don't frequently podcast. Well. Let her finish her. Yeah, let me let me finish <laughs> my thought. One. Thank you, Bobby. And yeah. I'm out. That you're the frequency that you're giving off of as as a staff member can be really easily absorbed by students. And so even if you showed up late, we're 30 minutes late. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Your energy absolutely has to be internally whatever you need it to be, but outwardly mm-hmm. to the students, it has to be. It's okay. We're prepared. Yep. Don't worry about it. Let's just get in our twos. We're gonna go on to warm up. It's all right, you know. Yep. That takes some practice because that's not mm-hmm. who we are yes, as does. performative, emotional people. You know, we, we mm-hmm. tend to be really outward. But yeah, I love how you followed that up with everyone thinks it's drum corps finals on their first show yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. And I love mm-hmm. that energy. I love that passion. But you got to, you know, rein it in for the kiddos. I, I've seen yes. um, like teachers who've been doing this for 20 years who in their iPhone notes have the exact tempos and the exact yes. show excerpts they're going to do and warm up written on their phone Mm -hmm. even though they already know but it's like no i i need to make sure i'm getting the perfect tempo with the wood block and make sure i have a wood block make sure we're doing these hit hit list things otherwise we're going to leave and the students are going to be like but usually we do this excerpt and then they're obsessed with that yeah that's right it gets in there anything that can distract them will and so to danny's point there i think that what you were saying is that if they're not thinking about it it's if they're not thinking about it, it's going to be bad for both the student and the staff. So you have to really set the expectation when you're and the way to do that is everybody meets in the band room at this time. And we're going to talk through the contest day. Every staff, if you're going to be in front of the kids today, you're meeting with us at this point. If you're not meeting with us, you're not in front of the kids at any point. And that's that's I mean, that's just what it is. Very reasonable and, and to make that really clear. Yeah, you have to make that clear because I, I have seen really good bands tank because a staff member lost their mind in warm up mm. and i that that to me is i i get i get a little intense about that because when the kids have done the work when they've done all the things and it becomes about one adult and their ego i i don't have a lot of patience for that because they've lost sight of what we're doing here on a saturday with hundreds of teenagers without our families you know like what we're doing is for the kids you know yes and and so, but let's let's not let's not pretend that the nerves are not there, they're there, and so the way that you can channel that is to you know macro manage the performance, micromanage everything else, all the details. If you see my schedule of a contest, it is eight o'clock, enter band room, eight o three attendance taken, eight o six checklist, eight ten load this. Like I am just an absolute animal when it comes to that because once I get into that mode, I don't want to have to think anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to be while while we're loading the buses. I don't want to think of well, who's going to ride on which bus. Have we done the bus signups? Have we? No, 
all of that has to be done ahead of time. And so I think, um, um, like what to, what do I do in that time? I said, you know, what time the students arrive in the band room, give yourself plenty of time. If somebody is 15 minutes late, that should not tank you for the day because somebody's going to be 15 minutes late, for sure. especially the earlier call times. Um, what, what they should have on, what they should have in their carry on, what should be in their case and what should be in their uniform bag. And we, my Southern Baptist bat, uh, religion comes in right here because we say lay hands upon uh-huh. <laughs> this article, lay hands upon your gloves, lay hands, show your, if we, if we are riding in street clothes and we have the shoes in our carry on bag, take them out and show your friend and then put them right back in. To be fair I, I, though, Bobby, sometimes I make Jeff do that before he leaves the house just to travel on an airplane. <laughs> you know, like, I should do that. Show me your, you got that. You Okay. Okay. Good. Good to go. Ooh, no, I think that's have great. I t- have I, have I told you guys this? The, and aside, I was, I was conducting an honor band in, um, near Nashville, Tennessee, and it came time for the performance and I had plenty of time. So I go in, get my tux out, all the stuff. I start changing and I realize I've forgotten a very important piece of the tux. I wish it were the bow tie. It wasn't the bow tie? It wasn't the bow tie. It was my pants. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. What Yikes. did you do? Because that's not something you can just like throw on some jeans and like right? this is what it is. Well, no, no, exactly. So luckily the band director that was there had his tux, but he was about four inches taller than me. Yeah. And so we literally had, like I was standing on a chair in the hallway outside the concert hall and his wife was hemming oh, up the pants and Man, what a blessing for them. them. <laughs> yeah, you should have right? laid hands on those tuxedo pants. Yeah, I know it. There it is. So there's my thing. When, when you don't lay hands on that, then, then that's what it is. And what extras they should have. Reeds, valve oil, slide grease, socks, gloves. I tell all of our upperclassmen, bring an extra pair of socks because some numbskull mm-hmm. is going to try and bring uh, no socks or the the no show socks, so we get to see some of that lovely tan skin when they do some choreography. And you got in color guard land, you've got the undergarments and yeah. the makeup and the hair stuff. Yeah, all of that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then also, I'm going to rewind to a concept we touched on a few minutes ago. But the first time your students spin their show flags should not be in warm up at your first there show. You we need to do that mm-hmm. at a rehearsal, even if it's a quick sectional before we load the buses, because I can't tell you the number of times I've seen a show pole, fl- a cap fly off and warm up because maybe right. it didn't get taped on correctly. And in a show context, that's a much bigger deal uh, than if it happens in a rehearsal. So yeah, I was going to chime in and say that, make sure all of our equipment has been tested, taped, and that we have mm-hmm. extras of everything. Extras of everything. There you go. Yeah. Yes. What about, let's go, Bobby, let's, I'll apply that. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. I was going to, you maybe you had this on your list to talk about, but practicing coming on the field and off the field and oh, all I, that. Yes, it's I on do. Your list, I'm yes, sure, I do. Right? Yes, yeah. I do. What I was going to say to Danny's point, what she was talking about with color guard and having extras of everything, same goes for electronics. Yeah, I think we've actually that, said this on this podcast. Two is one, and one is none, because mm-hmm. the army talks about that. We've <laughs> yep. talked about that on this podcast for Pitt before. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Matt. I think Matt go. Black mentioned it a couple times. Yep. Yeah. He's got extras yes. of everything. Yes. Yep. 
So we, we'll go back and talk about that getting on the field. And the, but that, that extra is it, it's not just the individuals. It's actually for sections. Like we usually try to take an extra baritone, an extra sousaphone, an extra, because invariably yeah. something crazy happens. And we want to make sure that we have all of those things uh, set. We go so far as we take an extra um, soundboard. Yeah. Just in case, because we've had that happen before. And, well, and you have to uh, account for what can happen on the move because we haven't moved right. the ensemble before. So maybe a dad puts something right. on a truck away that it doesn't normally go. I mean, we can't control everything as much as we would want to, you know, so the extras are the insurance against that. Right. So let's go back to, you know, that, that week before um, I, I glossed over this one. I have this in the notes a little bit lower down, but it is how we get on and off the field. And we, we practice at least three times setting up all the electronics equipment and with time. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, I would say that I'll usually spend 30 to 40 minutes on just getting things set on the field. Because if that's scrambled, oh, man, it, the show, might, you might as well just walk on off the field. It would be just as bad as not knowing your first dot, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, exactly. I, ju- I judged, um, I was a clinic judge last weekend. So that means I really only saw every third group. So I saw eight groups total over the course of the day and six of them started their show at least 30 seconds late Yeah, because something wasn't plugged in or it just didn't mm-hmm. turn on the way they thought it would. And I know they've practiced, I mean, I assume they've practiced right? it, but just not enough times. And, you know, Matt, Matt has told me a number of times that, each student in in the front ensemble has one job and, That's and right. they, they they don't go try to do other people's jobs. Mm. It's like you do right. your one job. That's it. And, you know, mm-hmm. somebody was telling me last weekend that they plugged in. Uh, there were two speakers, a top speaker and a bottom speaker. And the kid plugged in the cord to the top speaker and a parent oh, came no. by and plugged the other end of that cable into the same speaker. So it was just like. It, it didn't go anywhere. It was just going out of the speaker into the speaker. And right. And this director was like, I don't know why that parent did that. Right. And I think Matt would say they're not allowed to they do should that. Be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone has don't their touch job. Anything. Yes, exactly. And that's usually that is a full Saturday before the contest. Now, luckily we've had a number of football games, so we've actually gotten it. And we, we do a football game exactly the same way that we do a contest set up. I mean, I'm literally on like the football team has just run by. I go out on the end zone five, four, mm-hmm. three, two, one, and we time. And so I can tell you, like, we got our pit set up. We're about two minutes and 36 seconds, which is pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. Do you do it, like a know- James Stevens impression when you're doing it? Cause he's, he's always <laughs> the guy at Nats now. <laughs> Yeah, I I have so many things to say to that, but probably <laughs> there's an edit button, James, you know, James. <laughs> I love James it, and the, he does a fantastic job. OK, I mean that with all sincerity. So it's funny you're talking about two minutes and 36 seconds, Bobby, because Jeff and I were on our walk after dinner a little while ago and we were talking about the concept of how you know, I said, wouldn't most band directors have a stopwatch from the minute mm. their band steps off until they leave the field? Yes just indefinitely isn't that something and i don't know if that is something everyone does so if you don't it's a good I time do. to start i know you do because you just told yeah. us but mm-hmm. i do think because 
That way you can also get a barometer for what is taking up the time that you actually need right. for the performance. If it is the setup or if it's something else, is a color guard setting equipment, like what's going on, you know? Right. Because there, there isn't anything worse, and sometimes it's unavoidable, but there isn't anything worse than the, the band has maybe played their on-field warm-up or whatever, and they've turned around, so-and-so, so-and-so, is your band ready for competition? And the director says, no, mm. wait, we've got an electronics thing or whatever, yeah. or a ju- maybe even it is a judge had, had an issue, and we stand there. Mm-hmm. The, the pause of doom. Yes. The worst. Like, you should feel their momentum and energy just start to dip from that point on. And it will be tough to get that back. Yeah. So having, again, knowing exactly how those things should work, and if there are any variables, you can you can deal with it. But we don't want any surprises. That's what makes me nervous on contest days. Like, wait, th- this is something we hadn't planned for. So we try to plan for everything that we possibly can. Um, I would say this. You know, we talk about this in the concert preparation. Remember, we play Outbreak. Yep. Soloist. Oh, isn't yeah. with us today. I about that. Or you just picked today, you got Ebola. Today, yeah. We had the cold, we had the flu go through, and our flugelhorn soloist is now out. So, do you have we, a stand in or do you just? We do. Okay. Yes. I we would do. say most bands don't. Yeah, we do. And, and he, he actually ran it last week uh, for two rehearsals. And, you know, now that the, the regular guy is in, but. I mean, I think I can use their name. If Carter goes down, Hayden's ready to go. That's awesome. Now we'll we'll probably have some weird wonky drill that we yeah. have to transfer him in. I don't care. I I want that musical element there. We have it down to where I can about um, um, make sure that that I can um, go with anybody out except I've got one kid who fires samples that are really specific that we just oh, have to make yeah. sure his insurance is really good yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah you know so there there it is even even drum majors i i feel confident that, that you know somebody else could take over and do that i've got four great ones right now and they're they're fantastic so but, Bo- boy. bobby i have a question though about your one kid that's pressing the button samples the sample yeah. buttons this is really getting to the weeds do you tell the kid that he knows he knows okay Interesting. He's he's been it before okay yeah, uh, like, and he's he's a junior now, and it was especially sensitive his freshman year, and uh, he knows, yeah. like, dude, <laughs> you got to. You be are the okay. lone. <laughs> you are the lone survivor. What is it called? The designated you, or you're survivor. Be there beside somebody. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. He is. He is the. Yes. You know, I was thinking um, about that. If if you don't have a stand-in. Like, let's say you, this flute solo is literally the hardest thing that's ever been written. There is no second chair that can play it. At least practice without them playing it through the speakers right. so yeah. that the kids can go through the show not hearing it. Because I think a lot of times when electronics goes down, it's not that they don't know their drill sets and their music. It's just everything feels weird. Different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's already going to sound and feel different but depending on how many people are in the crowd. Because that, that that affects things pretty pretty desperately, and very few of us rehearse in a stadium, so that's going to affect what they hear. Yeah, and they they may have been used to hearing things bounce back off of empty seats, but now they won't. Um, we 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 have uh, planned electronics failures. There's a big uh, transition that we do from our opener to our ballad, and it has a guitar sample that's in there. And the front ensemble was actually inside working on music 
yesterday when we ran through this. I said, okay, the uh, the electronics have gone down. You've got to go off the drum major's hands. And we even found like, okay, if that happens, we may have to change some of the facings for some of the visuals that we do. And now we know to be ready for that. So, uh, you know, that's great. It, it's am- it's amazing the things that you think about, and it's because the reason that I'm going through this list is because it's happened, it's happened. to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So let's go back to the micromanage okay. thing one more time. Yep. We talked about the extras and things that we need to have. Then what time do we get on the buses? Like what's going to be safe? Uh, what's going to get us there? And remember, buses travel slower than cars. So MapQuest. Wow, oh, gosh, I just dated myself. <laughs> Google Maps. We both nodded. We were like, yep, uh-huh. You printed <laughs> yeah. out with what the map. I, what? Oh, my gosh, I did a Happy Days reference on the last yeah, show, Danny. Did. That was rough. Yeah. That's way back. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, exactly. I was like, we got fan mail from uh, Donnie Donnie Most to, to you. To you grew even more beard. gray hair in your in your goatee beard. Uh, ah, this week. shut up. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Google Maps and all those things is that's not going to be accurate. I tend to for every hour it says we're supposed to be there, I tend to add about fifteen or twenty minutes. That's what a drum so corps if, uses if, too. Fun fact. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. good. So, all right, I. I feel pretty good about myself. So if something is supposed to take you four hours to get there, you want to add maybe another hour or so to to the time just to make sure that you're okay because you're going to have a bus with a problem. Yep. I guarantee it. Or the drivers are going to need to take a bathroom break. and mm-hmm. Everybody needs to take a bathroom break. I can remember the first time that I, I traveled with a big band. That was Marion Catholic. I remember, you know, when I was in my little small band in high school of like 40 of us, we could stop at a rest area and be back on 10, 15 minutes here it, at the best. We, it was 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was with the guys have all cleared out. So now we take the ladies into the men's room and, 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 and do our business there. Like it at the absolute maximum, it's going to take them that long. So go ahead and plan for that in case it's needed. And how oh, can I tell a story real on? quick? Oh, has nothing yes. to do with what I'm we're talking about. I'm glad that sparked a story. <laughs> the the day after DCI finals, um, I went into the gas station that's across the street from Lucas Oil, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever been in there DCI weekend, but it's like a uh, it's like a, a pretty good size the gas station part of it, but the inside is just a normal size store, and it was completely trashed <laughs> because every oh, single God. drum corps, <laughs> their kids went through it that night. And just over and over again, and the <laughs> floors were trashed. There was nothing left on the shelves. Yeah, and that actually is a great segue into what I was going to add to your point about that, Bobby, about getting kids on and off buses is something that will help you too is clarifying this is a no-buy stop. This is a bathroom mm. stop. What so, if it's Bucky's? Right. I mean, if it's Bucky's, add an hour to your itinerary, yeah. okay? But like, <laughs> You ever been to Bucky's, Bobby? I unfortunately have. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, if you, if you, you can also manage that expectation with the students. Hey, this is a bathroom right. stop. Get it. I did it again. I hit the table again. <sighs> stop talking Jeff. with your arms. <laughs> murder me before this is over. <laughs> yeah. Clarify we're going to the bathroom. We're not buying anything. That'll help. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, but I would also go back and say it, that, that is not the time for people to figure out where they're going to sit on the bus. I, I, I think like for us, whenever we're going to a show, it's always section buses. Because I want their heads right with that. If we're going to a hotel or we're going somewhere to a rehearsal, we do we do bus signups. But then when we're in performance mode, 
we're in section buses because I want section leaders to be over their section to make sure that we're we're all in the right headspace getting there because a lot yep, can happen that. on the bus. And, okay, and it'll help you make sure you have all your members accounted for a lot faster. Exactly. If a trumpet is just exactly looking for his right. eighteen buddies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then who should they listen to on the bus? Is there a chaperone that's there? Is there a staff member or whatever? And when we get there, who gets us off the bus? I I can't. All, all our staff and, and chaperones know that you don't get off the bus until a director comes and has you get off the bus. Now, they mm-hmm. may just come to the door and, and wave you on, but nobody else gets you off the bus. No contest person, no student volunteer, no parent. You wait until we get where we're going to be, and then we'll get you off the bus. Because I hate kids roaming around, especially in uniform. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it – that – Again, you might as well just walk right off the field because have you ever if, seen the cadets at a rehearsal site or I mean at a no. performance site? No, They're, they always have to be in twos, mm. and you yeah. you you walk as if you're marching. So they walk with the same posture they march with, and they don't really speak. Mm. So it's just they're in twos. They go to a bathroom. They both come back together. Even if only one of them has to go to the bathroom, they're always in twos. They're always moving right. slowly. They're always up tall. Um, I right. think it's awesome. I used to be so jealous. Um, Center Grove uh, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, like they knew how to do like they all carried their their uniform tops folded a certain way with the shako on top, always in the left arm, always slicked back hair. And I was always so jealous of like the the way that they got off buses and walked around and went to warm up and all that. You know, it makes a statement. Yeah. And it it. It, it, if this is special, if what we're doing is special, then it's special. If it's not, then it's not. And and I think that it, and this isn't about intimidation. This is about confidence for the performers themselves to know that they are they are at a place to show what they've been working on and to respect themselves and others. And so, making sure that they know who controls that little bit of time. What time should we arrive at the show? Like what's, when do we get there? And then what happens immediately after that? Usually you as the director need to get off and register somewhere. Right. Well, do they just go and find parking without you? Do they, that's why I, I'm always like, you don't do anything until I get there and we've got all the information. And that's not because I don't trust. It's more, I just don't want this meandering kind of energy to be out in the world when we're about to go and do something really very special. So uh, go register, do what you need to do. And then this, I got this from Trey Harris. It was brilliant because with local shows, you never know exactly what the thing is. He would literally, he would have the kids go ahead and start getting off and getting instruments together if that was time, but nobody left that area. And he would go walk to the warm up and time it mm. to find out how long does it take for us to walk to warm up comfortably. And then he would walk from warm up to performance area. And, and use the stopwatch like we talked about and then walk it back so that he would know, okay, we don't want to get to the, the rehearsal site too early and just stand around watching other bands, nor do we want to come in late. We want to hit it right at this time so that we can filter right in as they're filtering out. And I thought the care with that was really very special. And, and I started doing that a couple of years ago and that would be one of my biggest pieces of advice because that can that can throw you like okay we're going to warm up where's warm up oh it's a half mile down the road we've got two minutes to get there yeah 
Well, I mean, football teams have trick plays that they practice. You know, you may never use a trick play. You might never use, you might never need to time it perfectly to get from the buses to warm up. But when you really need it, you already know it. And that's great. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you walk it and say, yeah, this is easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that again, that's how we do it in the summer too, is because you're mm-hmm. warming up in a different place at a different show every other night. And so when this bus is stopped, normally someone on VISH staff and someone on guard staff gets off and goes and finds where we're warming up. We drop a pin, we text it with the time and, yep. and that way there's no hiccup in our schedule, you know? Well, especially when we do finals and prelims type stuff, we like to have sort of an order of operations, meaning that as we're walking to somewhere, maybe it's the guard that goes in first and they go to the farthest corner then the winds are here and the batteries on the other side. So the guard has the, the winds as a buffer between them mm-hmm. when they're warming up. <clears throat> Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes the guard comes in last because we want them to be the first one to leave. It just depends on what that entrance and egress uh, flow is supposed to be. But again, that's not something I'm trying to decide while I'm walking over there. Right. That's I've at least given it a thought. And if we get there and circumstances have changed, I don't mind adapting to it. But when you have zero idea of what that's supposed to be, it's one more thing that detracts you from getting ready to go through the warm up mm-hmm. calmly, collectively, and it's it, it, uh, it's death by a, a thousand paper cuts. There are going to be so many decisions that you'll make from the start of that day until the first note of the performance. You'll you'll do more decisions in that time than you did in the previous week. One of my favorite things on a competition weekend is is the visual warm up. I just love it. I I love mm-hmm. uh, the 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 repetitive nature of it. I love how it gets better every week. I love the f- like. I'm just picturing right now the the warm up room in Lucas Oil and like those doors fly open and right. like there's one trumpet and one flute who always knows wherever I'm standing in the room. They just walk across the room and stand on either side of me and the whole block sets up from them, you know, yeah. and I love like the looks on their faces when they come through the door. I love the the sequence of it. I love like when it's all over a little hype speech, send them over to the music people. Uh, I love the whole process of it, but it, 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 in order for it to be fun, you've got to put in that micromanaging work yeah. ahead of time so that it can be just all about getting everybody in the right headspace. Right, because we, we need to think about this as a freshman. This is what you've been busting my tail over since August mm-hmm. to come and experience this. It was eight minutes. I was scared as all get out, and you yelled at me the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I paid fees to do. That's what, and all my friends are hanging out playing PlayStation, and I'm out here doing this for this. You said this is the payoff. So I think we we need to go and so let's let's even amend the show just a little bit and say it's not just the pre-show but the post-show. It should be all about what did we learn and what did we love mm-hmm. about what we just did. We learned this, we know to do this better and we'll get that next time. What did we love about what we did today? Because if we didn't, then we're doing something wrong in rehearsals. I love talking to students um, after their first show and like cuz there's always that moment where you walk around some sort of corner or some kind of stands or through some tunnel. And then all of a sudden there's 5,000 people or 10,000 people or however, you know, some shows are yeah, you know, really well attended, but what, what, whatever it is, it's like, Oh, this is, 
this is bigger than the football game we performed for. And all right. these people are actually quiet and listening. Right. What what I think is is really cool too, especially if we get to perform late at a performance. I'm like, you need to understand that they're going to be ten, fifteen other bands mm-hmm. that are there to watch you, and that some of them have come to just see you, and and to see bands like you. And I, I and I'm like, that was me in high school. I couldn't wait until these big bands came out and just, you know, played incredibly well. I remember being so jealous of that. But that motivated me the next week. And so understanding our role in that and that what do we learn, what do we love about what we did? And if you can't come up with some things from that, um, well, I would rethink. I, I would rethink the whole point of what, what we're doing at a competition. Was that toastering high school? <laughs> it was Swain County Swain, high school, okay, thank cool. you. The Maroon Devils. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Bobby. And I think to add to our list of things that you have to prepare for on a show day is making sure that you have a landing spot afterwards, yep. because a lot of times we worry about the step off and don't forget and don't remember to finish the phrase. Right. So mm. making sure that when you get off the field, there's been a discussion with staff or with your captains or whoever. Hey, we're going to meet back at the buses before we disseminate to do yes. our breakdown or whatever it is that we're going to do. Um, so that you can have that opportunity for a feedback loop, because I see so often that part get neglected, and it it does yes. start to make the magic of the performance feel a little bit rote. You know what ruins that right. more than anything else? What props? Oh, don't even get me started. Because <laughs> like half all of a sudden, half the ensemble misses warm up because they're yeah, because they're rolling things through the airlock, and because then the other the other half of the group you know, doesn't get to the wrap up with the head director afterwards because they're taking apart props. Yeah. That's a super bummer. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but you, if you know that, then you can plan like, here's what we're going to talk about here. Here's what we're going to talk about in the full rehearsal tomorrow. What, whatever, or, or on Monday, whatever that is, again, it's, it's, there's no variable. You, you know, this is what it's going to be and this is what we have to do. And, you know, it may take a little bit of time. Put instruments away. We'll wait for the prop folks to come back, and then we all gather right back here. I have, I have a because question they, for each of you. Are you? Uh-oh. Oh boy! As as a director, as a motivator, as a kid magnet, like both of you are, are you better at the "we're about to go on the field" speech or the "you just finished and I'm proud of you" speech? Bobby, you go first. Mm. What, what do, I, what do I you have like? to be honest. I. I used to be very verbose in both of those, and I've now come to a place in my career where it's like they're going to remember one, maybe two sentences, yeah. especially before they go on the field. And and mine right now is, remember, we love you. We're so proud of you. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. Enjoy. That's usually about my, my yeah. pregame speech. Postgame is we kind of have a, a system that we go through that I took from Greg Bim. You know, he has them stop and think about something that went really well for you and just live in that moment for a second. Now stop and think of something that like, that was weird. That had never happened before because you can fix 180, 200 mistakes right now, just by thinking of that one place that you'll, you'll never have to hit it again, but you think about it now. And then think about one place where you're like, okay, I, I've got to practice this spot. I want to feel better about this place. We go through those three things, and then we talk about what were some of your reactions, how did this go. And you can tell usually most of the time they're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. They really want to know. what your reaction is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would say this, if I think it's bad, I'll say, I'm, I'm not sure. I, you know, I stay down on the field with you mm-hmm. and, and I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. We're going to have to wait and see where it is. I never will tell them guys, that was terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, How about you? Well, I mean, just to piggyback off of that statement, I, again, I'm, I, I have told groups that that wasn't their strongest run, but I, I would never yell. I would never yell at a right. group of students after a performance. I would never emotionally manipulate them to feel bad for me. Right. I would never do that. Yeah. But I have told students in the past after a run, you know, I think we have some things we got to work through. And, um, you know, when they come off the field, my first question is always, what do you think? Because mm-hmm. they'll tell you how they feel. And it's only been once or twice ever that my read was completely off. You know, right. normally we all know we were all there. I'm I'm more of a after the performance type of person because I am so analytical. So I'm not the the biggest emoter. I'm not a great you know go get them kid kind of kind of educator. Um, before students go on the field, I almost always say something's going to happen that has never happened before. Yeah. What What's important is how we respond to that. So right. stay cool. You're a professional. You're very prepared. But just know, you know, that it, it's a certainty something's going to happen that's never happened before. Don't let that rock your world. Be a professional. Get through it. Um, and we'll talk after the show. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that the, the last thing that I would say is to, you know, consider your the warm-up procedure one more time to go through that. Don't overplay the kids. I've seen that mistake happen many, many times of like, you know, the kids are kind of hype and there may be some other people standing around watching you. And so you're like, okay, let's show off a little bit. Nope. We are just checking for timing and uh, making sure that we know exactly how things are supposed to feel and we don't have to play everything to make that go. Um, So to, to finish the whole thing, micromanaging the procedures of the day from a week out all the way through getting them back on the butt. How do awards work? Getting them back on the, where do they get to eat food? <laughs> That's something that sometimes people will forget. How do we get them home and how do we make it so that not three people are putting everything away while the rest of the band just left, you know, <clears throat> micromanage all of those details so that at the contest you can macro and just, I'm here to keep everybody calm. I'm here to keep us focused. And that's my that's my gig for the day. But don't forget to set the retreat block. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> don't forget that. Yeah. Don't forget. And make sure you're make sure that all of the plume bags have have <laughs> they need to be ready to receive the plumes after the show. You've got to have you have to have them in working order. <laughs> all the zippers need to be not broken. The uh, tubes need to be in good working order. Yes. We have tubes too. <laughs> so it's a whole new set of tubes. I wanted to add, I wanted to circle back to one more thing before we um, devolve into an advertisement for dynamic marching, but um, devolve is the right verb. <laughs> um, the, something that Bobby talked about, which is a tool that I use obsessively is that minute by minute show day schedule. And I, I urge you to do it even if it's outside of your nature, because it is the ultimate recovery tool when something in the schedule goes uh-huh. awry. 
So if you know, you know, you were supposed to be leaving the school parking lot at 10 a.m. and it's now 10.15, you already have the power in your in your hands to go look at your schedule and figure out where you can make up that 15 minutes and, and adjust yes. and go from there. So even if it's not in your nature, it's an incredible recovery tool. I highly suggest it. And the other thing, too, is remember that for the things you cannot control, which you can control a lot as a band director and a color guard director, the things that you can't control, you have to add more time for. Just assume no one else is on your frequency that day. <laughs> so if something's outside <laughs> right. your your control, your realm of control, make sure you you plan for that, too. I was gesticulating and too much again. I, I like I to think that I can control the weather. Right. Me, <laughs> but, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just you never know. And... I love show day so much and I love that we're talking about it and, and I hope that this helps somebody out there or, or maybe yeah. just some people are listening and going, yeah, we do all that, but it's good to yeah. hear that other people Great. do it, do it similarly. Um, if you want to learn more about how, like what a schedule looks like, just email us, we'll send you one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we could probably send you multiple versions of one if you want, but um, I, I think it's, it's so important. And, and many of you probably went out last weekend and something did go not as planned and and you're learning from that and getting ready for a next weekend out but this was fun and i knew yeah, that I, I i suggested to danny that she would uh she would love this topic she good, she had a lot of great thanks. content thanks for being here danny. absolutely thank you danny thanks for having me well thanks for listening everybody and until next time i'm jeff young and i'm bobby lambert and i'm danny young and this is that band life